You found it, and we are ready to rise with you. Rise with Sid McNary. This podcast is an extension of the Art of Peaceful Living movement. Get ready to enjoy, be empowered, and elevate your life as we rise together. Grab your beverage of choice. No matter where you are, the time is now. Here he is, your leader for a better today. Rise with Sid McNary. It's time we start living your dream. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. And thanks for joining me, Lula Norton, in conversation with the inimitable Sid McNary. Sid McNary has been called a modern monk. Um, he will be called the yoga candidate, peace president. He will have lots of labels. But he is, to me and to many, the modern Renaissance man. Sid, where did all these labels come from? And thanks for joining me. Yes, thank you for taking over in this moment and interviewing me and bringing this all forward. It, it all started from a place of all these things I've done in life, you know, whether it was seven years old, starting to play sports, eight years old, beginning to meditate traveling all over the, the country and then all over the world and, and from helping people through their life to selling paintings, getting on stages, singing, doing everything. I mean, that that's what it comes down to for, for me when I hear someone say I'm the modern Renaissance man. It's because of all the things I've done that have culminated to be me. And Thanks very much for letting me take over your podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, so, so when did yoga actually come into your life? I mean, seriously, not in your adult life. Like I said, I started meditating at eight. And then when I got later in my life, in 1995, I had ankle surgery, which was a few ankle surgeries in and they wanted to take a shot at how could they get it that I wasn't getting cortisone shots to walk the sideline as a football coach. And, and so when I went to the doc, he said, hey, I, I've, I've consulted with a bunch of doctors around the country and, and we think that if we fuse your ankles shut, then you'll never experience that level of pain again. And when I finally healed and got everything back in six months in a cast and all those different things, when I finally came out, I was walking up one of those stairs that wrap around that you, you know, machines that you just keep climbing. And when I got off, I would limp. And a lady said, Escalator. Yeah. An escalator? Yeah. It's not an escalator, but it's, it's like that. It's, it's an exercise machine that's just stuck. Oh not a stair master though okay. and so this lady saw me and she said yoga can heal you and I was like who's this lady this is 95 yoga was like yogurt to me I didn't know what yoga was and she said just go to Target and you can buy a yoga video get get 
this guy's video and then do it. And so I, I got Rodney Yee's video. I started doing it and I started getting peace in my life. That's when it became serious uh, in 95 for me. So um, when did you quit? Right, so that's, that's, that's really strange. So fusing your bones together seems like a one-way street. You can't get back from that, can you? Is that still the case to say? Well, what's amazing about that is I've been through a lot to heal it from, I have a friend who's my massage therapist. I really don't see any other massage therapist because of how strong her hands are. And because of that, she took her hands and broke the cadaver's bone off of my bone. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and so I actually have more flexibility in my fused ankle than I do my non-fused ankle. And I actually have all the range of motion. I mean, I surf, so my ankle's good to go. I, mm -hmm. I've got to be able to be quick enough to be able to jump to my feet and turn on the board and do all those things. And so, yeah, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it's, there's a lot of other stuff that says that I'm not even sure if I have the, the titanium rod left in my ankle because it shouldn't be able to move the way. How did you react to that when somebody, I mean, you're, you're an athletic man, you're, you're, you're strong, you're a guy's guy as well as a ladies man. Um, oh, I didn't mean that. Um, and somebody comes to you and says, you know, why don't you start using yoga? Well, I started, for me, it was, it was okay. I, I had a football player, Justin McCarrens, he had gotten hurt. So we wanted him to try yoga to heal his body. I was trying it at the same time. I, I took a lot of pride in being able to do what I asked of my players. And so as I'm asking Justin to do yoga to heal his body, it was easy for me to say yes to that when she asked. And, and it became my life. You know, so very important pivotal moment. Yeah, I think so because especially, I mean, they must. Your um, athletes must have started it just because um, of of their trust in you. Because they're a bit like telling um, an athlete to go and learn ballet. <laughs> just play better, but I get it. Um, so, so then, yes. Yeah, so what happened? How did that? How did that turn out? I mean, how was the team at the time? What happened next? Well, the big, I mean, it was great for him. He went on to play for Tennessee Titans in the NFL and played for, uh, I believe, seven, eight, nine years, somewhere between that. And so it was great because it, at the time, he couldn't get on the field because he kept tearing his hamstrings because his quads were so tight or so strong. And lengthening his hamstring began to allow him to, to stay healthy so that was great and it you know it stayed with him and I'm sure he practiced well into his NFL career and then for me I took another job from Northern Illinois University to Morgan State University and when I did that the coaches knew how how much I was healthy and we needed to heal our team so I ended up having 120 guys on the football field doing yoga. And then we went from losing to winning. We had players that got faster. We, it just, as you say in coaching, there's proof in the pudding. So 
when the players started seeing that it was definitely helping them on the field, they wanted it more and more. So it was really, that was an easy moment for me to convince them because they knew, all right, well, coach is the healthiest coach we got, physically fit. And then all of a sudden it became, oh, this, this actually does shift our mind. This does heal our body. This, there's no way you can argue when it's actually doing what is needed. And that's what yoga did for me and for all the players I coached. And they'll, some of them go into the NFL. Um, and then you built, you started building a kind of, when you moved on from that, um, a, a kind of mini empire of yoga studios. Um, but not asking for, uh, not charging, just like on a donations basis. Where did all that come from? And how did you come up with that idea? And did it work? Well, yes, it did work. Uh, it allowed me to build a really large 6,000 square foot ashram, urban ashram. And it started because at the time I went away to study meditation with Goenka Ji from India. And he put me through 10 days in silence. And it was all donation based, it's called Vipassana for those that know about Vipassana. And when he did that, you couldn't give him money until you went home. And then he said, if you're a yogi, if you're a teacher, if you're a garbage man, if you're anyone in service, please don't give me money. And to all you other people, I need you to give me money because you know what it did for your life. And, and I was blown away by someone being so confident in what they were doing that they could just say, give me what you can, you know, and really stand in that. And he's, at the time, he had built like 32 temples around the world. And, and I'm talking big gold ceilings, all types of stuff, right? So he had built all of this stuff. And at the time, I was going through a divorce. And money was coming up missing in my bank account. And someone said, hey, go cash. And I was like, what's that mean? So I, I knew about donation based and I knew about, and I was getting told go cash so you can protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it started for me. It wasn't, it wasn't Sid's looking for to be the guy that's just giving to everybody. It just turned out like that. It, I needed help. And it was almost like, I get that a lot. The creator nudges me into something that I don't even know if I want to do. And it's like, no, you're going to have to do it because, because your money keeps disappearing from the bank account. How are you going to keep it? Do keep it. Well, it became cash, and it it got to a point that we were a thousand dollars a day coming in, with the teachers taking a thousand dollars a day. So it was literally, it just became such a beautiful way to do things. It was easy. It was okay. Someone teaches a class, you take fifty percent of whatever they donate for your class. That motivated the teachers to want to teach more. That motivated people to give because they knew that. The money, where the money was going, was going to the bills of the people that were teaching and helping them. So it, it really gave this whole energy exchange of give and receive. You know, we have two hands, one's for giving, one's for receiving. We have, we breathe out. Our breath teaches that constantly. If I breathe out, at some point, I'm going to have to breathe in. If I breathe in and take, 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 at some point, I have to breathe out. And that that's that relationship in that donation base that 
that I love. I mean, obviously, I, she's got elevated in my energy because that's that's what's possible in the world that we become more of a value-based society, that if you're giving something worth something, someone gives you something back. There's too much of that just charging people because you look good on marketing. And then all of a sudden, you didn't give anything. I've done that. I've, I've given my money away where it's like, man, can you give me my money back? I mean, I look at how people come to me and they're like, Sid, I've been going to therapy for 20 something years and I just did this eight week program and my therapist is taking me off my medicine and telling me to just stay around you. That's these things happen in my life. And you know what I say to them? You might want to go ask them for the 20 years of money back. <laughs> like, let's get real with it. That's the value. What's the value of that? Now they kept those people alive and it's worth something yet. To me, we should be able to give when something worthwhile is given to us. Absolutely, and and that, that's that's a kind of modern way of people of, of looking at it. Where even now, business businesses, traditional businesses, are going what? Because you say you know, on one hand, it's like is, is it giving and taking, whereas in business, rather than giving is one hand selling and the other taking <laughs> there's no giving um so it's a fantastic ethos and and i think a lot of people are, are, are resonating with that now um nowadays um so so the business grew um and throughout the years i mean you found your own uh you know physical injuries etc um so throughout the years you've you've developed your own style of yoga is that what it's called do you have a name for it and how does it differ from other yogas well i will say this yes we have our my own style of yoga the way that we practice it's athletic it's it's very spiritually based because of the the levels that I moved through in my own journey. And it's more than a yoga asana practice. It's a system. And that system has meditation, the asana practice, two different types of asana practices, and then also a self-discovery part of it. And I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest parts because in that self-discovery is the opening of someone beginning to connect to the spirit of yoga. And I think that often is missed when here in the States, a lot of the asana practice really is gymnastics. You know, they're practicing gymnastics and gymnastics can be great if you put the spirit behind it. And that's, that's what we've done. We've taken not just an athletic practice, we've taken a whole system that allows someone to shift their life to have a better life in its entirety. Absolutely, and and and, and you're right. People do turn up at yoga. They do loads of uh, postures, and then see see you next week. Um, I, I love the fact that you actually get up close and personal with people, and 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 tell them, um, 
how, how to manage more than just, as you call it, asanas, the postures. And are there any examples of people you've worked with where it really has changed their lives, this new? Um... Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I mentioned people that went to therapists. I can think of two people right off offhand, and I'm, I'm going to refrain from using their names yet. I'll, I'll just say one person lived in Baltimore, Maryland. She had been going to therapy for 20 something years and, and her therapist said, whoa, this would be the first time that we're actually decreasing your medication. And then eventually she was off medication. Eventually she became a teacher and eventually her therapist said, that guy you've been with, he's good for you. Let's go ahead and cancel and I'll see you in six months. And then it became... I won't see you anymore unless you just want to hang out. To me, that that's how it should be for anyone. And then the second person, same thing with their therapist, where I will call it Colorado, where she literally has transformed her life and her children her, or her husband, and they had a baby. And I've, I've been through so many different things. I mean, there's there was a lady that when I first, was leaving coaching football she and her husband couldn't have children and part of it was just getting out of the way so I was like look let's just stop talking about that because I I don't know what's going to happen for you with having a child yet I do know you focus a lot on you've been to the doctor doing uh, implants and all those different things to try to get pregnant and let's change it so what, what did I, so what, this is what she did. She started coming in. We started talking about, all right, where would you all go? No, you have nothing to do when your husband's free and you got vacation. Where would you go? They planned this whole trip. And two days before they were about to fly out, she found out she was pregnant. Now she wow. now has four kids. She now has four kids. And at first she was like, ah, oh, it's going to mess up my trip. And I was like, wait a minute. The whole point was to get so that you and your husband could have a child. Now you got a child and you want to be complaining about that. She's not <laughs> complaining and they've been on their trip. And so I, I've watched a lot of it, like what people, people talk about mindset right now. And okay, well, how are you going to put that into action? Most people can't just be disciplined enough to say, I'm going to stop thinking this and now when I go out into the world, when the world delivers me something, that thought will never come to me. That's not how it typically works for people. Yet the asana practice for me is to learn about myself when I'm on the mat, see how I'm stepping. What's the thought that's causing me to freeze from going up in a handstand because of the fear that keeps me from doing. Now that I've seen it, how can I apply that into my meditation practice? How can I learn about where it came from and how can I put it all together to actually bring a practice forward that says I've transformed my life into the direction I want to go? Absolutely. Um, so so you're so is this a yoga that you practice that, that you teach and practice in your retreats and in your program? Could you tell us about that? Yeah, I sure do. I mean, it's uh, you know, we've got this program called Yoga and Life Empowerment. That's one of our main sequences comes up in that. And we use that all the time. I use it with athletes. I use it with, with just practitioners. I use it with anyone. You come, come away and we're going to, you know, we've got this leadership conference that we do and, and workshop and seminar and all this thing. 
And in that space, we're helping people learn how to present themselves. Well, if you don't know yourself, how can you present yourself? So part of that is getting on the yoga mat, going through meditation. We usually start the first half of the day with inner peace, like really creating something inside of someone that now, how can you put that so it's coming outside of you, that it begins to grow through you. And that's that's how you spread peace. That's That's how it is. Yet it starts with inner peace. So we're always going to be doing yoga, doing those things to help. I mean, we've got a kid's camp coming up. We start off with yoga. We make sure that they get centered. And, and all of a sudden now they go home and they start telling the parents like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't the feeling I want. You empower the children, we start to see an empowered world. So I'm always in it. That it's, it's how I'm made up. It's, it truly is about having the discipline to take the practice off the mat into the world. Right, and into your life. Yes. Do you do you think this is something that should be um, introduced in schools from a young age all the way up? I would say so. You know, and and here's the thing about it: people think that yoga is a religion. No, I'm religious about my practice. Been that way since I was eight years old. I'm religious about praying. I grew up Catholic. I'm religious about being devotional to God. That doesn't mean I need to go to church to find it. I'm devoted, period. And it has nothing. A lot of people think, oh, you do yoga, you must be Buddhist. Nope, never never studied Buddhism. I mean, I, I know Buddha and all those things. I never went and practiced Buddhism in, I don't even know what they call it, where they go. I think it's a temple. I've never gone to temple as a Buddhist. So no, I'm not a Buddhist. Am I a Catholic anymore? When my wife wants to go to church, which has been once in 10 years that I've gone to church, maybe twice in 10 years, I, I'm walking as, you know, I think that's, that's the important thing is to help people become the book. Like we can talk about all these books and if no one's living it, what good is it? The yoga practice for me gets people on the mat, gives them an opportunity to look at themselves so they can start living it off the mat. I've always thought if you put a yoga mat in everybody's hand, we got a different world. Wow. And yeah, absolutely. And in everybody's home. So speaking of books, you've written a number of books. Um, how did that, you know, I, I, I know you don't want to go through every book you've written, but, um, and, you're, and you're in the middle of writing another two. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, so what? How, how can we get um, this message into people um, in, in terms of uh, your program, your ashram, your books? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I'll say is what got me to writing books is coaching football inspired a lot of things. Coaches write books. They want people to know what they're about, what their message is. You write a book about it. You start, it becomes formulated. It's, it's broken down, it's sequenced, and you start delivering. You start delivering it to your team. Your team hopefully falls into that culture, and then you start winning. Ultimately, that's what we're looking to do. My book, the, one of my books, The Secret Weapon, Win at Everything, 
that's what it is. It's about helping team humanity win at life. That that's so the coach in me inspired me to write. And honestly, I, I write every day because it's 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 an expression that comes through me now that I'm just like, all right, I got to get this message out. That's why I write articles on on LinkedIn. It's very therapeutic for me to write. It helps me express what's going on in my mind so that someone else can receive it if they want. And I know that the words that I'm putting out are consciously put out so that we can move towards peace. And so writing, writing is a is a great art. I'm, I'm fortunate that my dad, this funny story, my dad had me write my grandmother once a week while I was in college. That's really what caused me to be a writer. I had nothing, wasn't about writing for my English papers and all those things. It was about, I had to write my grandmother that gave me the space of love to want to write. And now I just continue to write to the world as if I'm sitting with you or someone else and I'm writing directly to that person who's, who's looking to find peace in their life, that's looking to elevate in the world, that's looking to lead and looking to leave the world in a better place. Absolutely, and, and you, your books, you know, some of your books are bestsellers and a lot of international bestsellers. Um, you have a huge following, um, which is important to uh, people. Um, but is it enough? Do you, do you think this message should, should get to the wider American public and how can you do that? I'm imagining the only way you could think about doing that is to go for the top job. Is that something you're considering? Well, for sure. I, I mean, the way to get this message out is we've, I've written a curriculum, a 12-month peace curriculum to help people walk in that way. People can go read it. People can go do it. Most importantly, people can become the book. And when they start to become the book, they start to realize, wait a minute, I'm the one creating all this havoc in the world. That shifts the world in a big way. The way to continue to spread the message, for sure. You know, I was asked if I would run to be president. And my response was, I have a mission. My mission is to bring the world to peace. I said on the mountains, I dedicated my life to this. As long as you don't get in the way of my mission, then you have somebody that'll go be president. So definitely, this is something that can transform the world and the hearts of everybody. And everybody that I know wants to be happy, wants to be at peace, wants to live free. Well, let's bring it forward. And this is a way I know that because I've watched thousands of people find it in this way. And one of your secret weapons is um, that you would run as an independent, I understand. Um, and also, um, you're preaching to the converted right now, all the people who know and love you around the world and the you know, millions of, well, I don't know it is. Um, you're preaching to the converted in terms of your practices, your philosophies, um, et cetera. But you're also speaking to really the holy grail of politics. Every politician knows they've got their fans, right? But they want the people who've never voted before to come over and vote for them. Um, do you think this is an avenue like that where um, people who are not interested in politics, they, they like to live their lives however they do, they do the yoga, they do the meditation, 
they run their own business, but um, they, they believe they shouldn't actually vote because all it does is encourage politicians, right? Um, these are the people that are the Holy Grail, and you seem to have cornered that market. Yeah, I think it's it's an important piece of it too. We we continue to do what we've done. We'll continue to have what we have. We've got to do something that disrupts it. You know, you're over there in Scotland. Scottish people like to disrupt everything. <laughs> and I think it's important that we begin to, to wake up the sleeping giants. And those sleeping giants are the people that haven't voted because they think they don't have a voice. Well, it's time for them to find a voice. It's time for all of us to elevate in a way that says, I'm willing to stand for the betterment of all people. That that's who I, I'm looking to ignite a fire under. Because when, when that fire is lit, I think we come together. Right now in this country, we've got two wings on a bird and we're living out on the tips of the bird, right? The bird's falling back and forth as if it's wobbling through the air. This is about the body. This is about the people. This is about everyone coming together and it's time. It's time for people to say, wait a minute, the founding fathers that came over to this country, yes, did they do some things that are off and should they elevate? 100%. Yet they had a message that said, this is about everybody. This is about the people. This is about the ones that came over here because it couldn't live in a country anymore. This is about the American dream being reignited beyond this idea that it's ever been perfect before. Can't make something great that was never great. Can't do it again. You've got to actually do something different and say, okay, I'm going to do something different. Peace is a thing and it takes everybody doing it. That, that's what I see. I mean, I'm really excited to, if, for, if nothing else, get the message out. Get the message out and see people say, okay, I'm going to be the best I can. I'm going to win at everything. I'm going to win at being the best husband, the best son, be the best daughter, be the best mom, be the best wife be the best doctor. Why not? It's time for us to be the best and everyone can win in that way when we take care of each other. I totally agree. And, and, and I agree with that. That's a very strong message. You know, if you've never voted before because you don't trust the system, here's someone uh, you can trust. Um, and, you know, if you want to change the system in a proper way towards peace, you have to be inside the system to make the change. So, you know, if that's the case, you're the man to, to to follow, you're the man to get people to say, right, I'm going to vote. And now I believe there's something that can change in our politics and I can be part of the team, as you might say. Yes, 100%. Team humanity. We're all part of the team. We can't not be part of the team. Am I looking to push away Republicans and Democrats in this country? No, absolutely not. I'm trying to bring them all together. It's time. Why aren't we together? We've got, there's things going on in the world that says, even once we pull everybody together in America, we gotta pull everybody together. Our ocean, the water on the planet, everybody has to care. Our climate, everybody has to care. We have to pull everybody together, care for each other and lift up or we die divided. They, that's the founding fathers. United we stand, divided we fall. It's not just America, it's united we stand because we are all connected. That myth is that we are separate. 
no matter what, we are connected under one earth. I mean, even listening to you now, I'm almost inspired. I want to run over to America and vote. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so that's that's. Don't do that. We already had enough crooked politics. <laughs> so that's the thing. I mean, you said two words there that um, I think we should finish on, um, because it's absolutely you're absolutely right that you know there is a time for certain things, and and you either miss that tide or you or you you run with it. Um, so before I say Sid McNair, thank you so much for letting me take over your podcast. And everyone can find out more about you on your website, sidmcnary.com. Yeah. Yes, perfect. So I'd love to finish on those two words you said. It's time. It's time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Rise with Sid. We're excited to keep going with you. So when you're ready to make it for you, the commitment to yourself, come check us out at artofpeacefulliving.com. We are excited to continue to rise with you. We rise together. Real impact supports everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Rise with Sid. Peace.